And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ding, ding! How about we can just watch bad? How about we can just watch bad? Fuck you. Fuck you. Jade's going to leave this in, by the way. That's fine. Yeah, leap out the curse, Jade. I'm there. There you go. Person. Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Monday, everybody. I don't know. Are there happy Mondays? Uh, I don't know. I'm Dave DeFore. Every Monday's a happy <laughs> Monday, Dave. Every Monday. You made it another day, folks. Be That's thankful. <laughs> That's a good point. I'm Dave DeFore. That's Mo DeKeel. And we've got your weekend conference finals update. And uh, Mo, look, it's not been great for the Hawks. They are now down two games to one in the Eastern Conference Finals after losing to the Bucks in Game Three. And, and look, this was a closer one. They they, they lost this game one thirteen one hundred two. The Hawks did, um, but certainly you have to like this a little bit more than you like Game Two on Friday night out of the Hawks. They they just got absolutely obliterated on Friday night. I mean, it should have been a forty point. Finish. I mean, the game was done pretty early. And so, Mo, when you look at the difference between game two and game three for Atlanta, what do you think they need to take from game from game three that worked uh, and then maybe rework for for game four? Well, I think, Dave, uh, the the aggression in which they came out with in game three was just massively different. The energy and everything that they did. Now, here's the problem, right? They built up a 25 to 10 lead to start the first quarter. They end the first quarter only up five. Like you gave up 10 points right after that. Like they have to figure out how to finish these things a little bit better. They got a lot of stuff going. They had Gallinari going tonight. They had uh, uh, good opportunities. Obviously, Trey Young was doing well until unfortunately – tweaked his ankle, which is going to be a big storyline going forward because he struggled afterwards. But Dave, let's just be honest. We buried the lead here. Okay. (laughs) Chris Middleton outscored the Hawks in the fourth quarter, 20 to 17 on his own outscored the Hawks 20 to 17. Like that's a, that's really the thing. Like there's not going to be a ton of great feelings. If you're the Hawks coming away from this, you were up seven with about, I think five or six minutes to go. And then Chris Middleton decided to go on a, a, a 10 to three run. Well, he finally decided to show up for this series. And uh, look, man, as far as I'm concerned, not a game too late because look, you and mentioned they were coming, down dude. seven when he really turned it on. He wound up with 38 points, went 15 to 26 from the field, six of 12 from three, 11 rebounds. The seven assists from Chris Middleton to me were the bigger, the bigger sort of uh, issue that they, that they needed to solve. They needed to get him involved one way or the other. He was missing shots, but he also wasn't making plays. Tonight, they get both out of them. And, and, you know, no surprise, they win a game that they really needed to win. But you mentioned Trey Young uh, tweaking that ankle. That coincided with Chris Middleton going off. It just seemed like Atlanta didn't have the juice on offense. And and then 
they lost it on defense too. Yeah, I mean, it, I think the, the problem is like, and we talk about this all the time on Nerder, right? Like the Hawks are very centered around Trey Young. And when he starts to struggle, you know, the, the, there's not a lot of guys that you feel very confident that are going to lift the team up. Bogdanovich is still dealing with a sore knee, although he looked pretty good tonight. Like I said, Gallinari was cooking for a while. He, he, you know, Herder, just ask Philly, you know he can go off, but he wasn't really clicking all that much. I think those, it, it, it really goes with how Trey Young's going. There are nights where those guys can pick him up, but Trey Young was cooking so early. And, it, and even in that third quarter before he tweaked the ankle, I think he had 11 points there and was just really effective. And from there kind of fell off from that point. I think he only had one made basket after he tweaked his ankle. Yeah, I think you're right about that. The bigger number to me with Trey Young, it's not the 35 points. I mean, look, Trey Young is going to get his, especially with the way that he's being guarded by the Bucs. But the Bucs held him. I mean, he only had four assists and he had four turnovers. I, mean, I think if you're the Bucs, those are the two numbers that you're looking at. You, you force the same number of turnovers as Trey Young had assists. And I think that's a huge victory for the Bucs defense up front. Yeah, no, and and and, and give them credit. I mean, they're, they're, you can't take everything away from a, a player as great as Trey Young. If you do, you're giving everything up at that point. And we saw it. We saw it in game one. I think, you know, here they said, listen, we can probably live with him scoring, but we're going to make sure the other guys can't get off and he's not going to spray that ball around. Not a lot of lobs to Capella, not a lot of opportunities to find other guys and, and, and kickouts and things like that. So huge play for them. Uh, Drew Holiday did a good job on him. I thought, you know, you had Middleton switch on to him at, at times. Even Pat Connaughton was on him a few possessions, and I thought he did a decent job. Not great, but decent. And all of that kind of carried into them, the, the Bucks pulling off this victory. Yeah, and uh, not a great Drew Holiday game, so you really needed Middleton to step up offensively, when he did. But offensively, offensively, not, not a great Drew Holiday game. I, he was very good defensively. And especially compared to how he was in game one of this series. I mean, I think that it's not that he solved the Trey Young conundrum, but he certainly at least learned from his own mistakes there. Uh, but I want to talk about Giannis before we move on. Giannis, 33 points, 11 rebounds. I mean, doing the stuff that we expect out of Giannis. Just been absolutely dominant in the paint, which is, you know, we love that. Uh, one of two from three tonight. This is huge to me because this is something that we talk about a lot. His decision-making is improved when he's not taking those threes. Do you agree with me? I, I think even his passing is better because he's not thinking about those threes. I think his passing showed more in game two than in game three tonight, but you're right. Like His decision-making is is more fluid and, and simpler, clears up his mind. I don't have to worry. I'm not supposed to shoot this shot. I don't have to worry about shooting this shot. Where can I get us an open opportunity? Um I think that's that's the key. Tonight finished with four assists, four turnovers, like again, kind of similar to Trey Young in that sense. But ultimately, it is an easier decisions for him to get going, attacking the paint much more than versus you know going at uh, pull up shots. And he took two threes. I wasn't, I, I still wasn't even happy when he made one. Dave still would rather he just not take the damn shot. Um, but the the other guy we got to talk about before we move on real quickly. Bobby Portis, great. He's been great actually all series, but this was a great game from him tonight. Seven to twelve from the field, fifteen points, just solid and and, and being really productive for the the, the Bucks. Kind of coming in off the bench, providing a little bit of juice. You know what? It didn't play much in the net series after the first two games of that series. Here, kind of just stepping up these past three games. I've been very impressed with his game. 
Still don't love the defense when he gets stuck on Trey, but I do think he's a guy that when you're running Giannis at the five, you're able to get away with the Bobby Portis defense out there on the perimeter, right? Like, I mean, it it worked in this game and it worked well. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Listen, you're never going to be comfortable with Bobby Portis's defense against anybody, Dave, even me. But like, that's just the way it goes. I think it, 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 but when you have Giannis out there, it does make up for a lot of those mistakes and allows him to be up aggressively. But him giving him a boost offensively was big. Yeah. Game four of this series is going to be Tuesday night. And I mean, it's in Atlanta. How are you feeling about it, Mo? It feels like the Bucks have all the momentum, but. Atlanta has no, to just I'm, be hopeful I'm, I'm, that I'm Trey Young's ankle is good Atlanta. to go, right? I'm, I'm done <laughs> no, betting well, against Atlanta. I don't care if Trey's they have ankle. one healthy player. I don't care if it's just Nate McMillan healthy and everybody's wearing bandages. I am done betting against Atlanta. Whatever happens, happens, Dave. <laughs> so Mo is taking Hawks in seven. <laughs> no, I'm afraid to just pick against them, period. We'll just move on. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Birds have been looking at me weird when I walk around L.A. now when I, with this. In the Western Conference, the Phoenix Suns defeat the L.A. Clippers 84-80 to in Game 4 of their Western Conference Final Series. And Mo, I mean, look, it's 3-1, and we've seen a lot of 3-1 comebacks, especially the last few years. Uh, this Clippers team has been a part of a few of them. Um, does this feel like it's going to be a 3-1 comeback to you? No. And, and you got to feel bad for the Clippers in the sense of, They've left money on the table. You Obviously, we know everything that happened with Game 2 in the Valley Oop. But also in this game, which was, by the way, one of the worst games I've seen. And, of course, I had the pleasure of being there in person. So thank you both teams for putting on such an uh, uh, interesting performance, shall we say. Uh, but I think the thing is, they're going to be kicking themselves in the sense of it was 71-70 for a long time in that fourth quarter. And they just the Clippers could not get good opportunities i thought paul george kind of pushed the issue too much and forced things too much led to them having issues there i i I honestly think they might get game five but i don't think we're going to see a seven game series out of this one yeah yeah you mentioned this game being ugly the clippers shot 32 percent phoenix shot 36 percent i mean it people have been calling this a slugfest it wasn't a slugfest this was a rock fight and it was a rock fight with rocks (laughs) <laughs> with people with poor aim, maybe maybe a lot of one-eyed, uh, no-armed people throwing rocks, but it was ugly. And you know who wasn't ugly in this game? A, a very beautiful basketball player is DeAndre Ayton. I mean, 19 points and 22 rebounds. And, and Mo, on any given possession, he looks like the busiest guy on the floor. It's really crazy. I mean, look, it's hard to pick the hardest worker on the Phoenix Suns, but I got to say in game four, it had to have been DeAndre Ayton. 
No, he was great in that game. I thought he, he, he really kind of just a good job being in the paint. Had four blocks. I mean, just on top of that, being a, a, a presence and a force on both ends of the court. You know, um, some might say, not me, but some might call him like Hakeem Olajuwon. I think that's a bit of a reach, Dave. I don't know how you feel about that. If not, go check out Nerder, folks, uh, from a few weeks back. But I think the just a great sort of performance from him. Staying within what he does, too, though. It's not like he gets out of his his system, tries to be like, all right, now I'm going to get out of control and do some wild stuff. He just he knows what he needs to do and does it perfectly almost every time. Yeah, he just is under control, which for a guy, you know, his age, I mean, this is only his third season to be a center in the Western Conference finals playing against the, the caliber of an offense of the, the Clippers. I mean, that's no no small task. And, you know, luckily for him, he's got Chris Paul. Chris Paul really won the game, I thought, for the Suns. Maybe not won it, but he took over down the stretch. He hits those clutch free throws. Uh, but they couldn't get anything going, and, and it was nice, I thought, for them to be able to lean on Chris Paul a little bit. And he got that mid-range going late. Yeah, I'm, I, I think Chris did a good job drawing fouls. I think he struggled shooting in general and even in the fourth quarter there. But I think ultimately what – just kind of the guy to sort of slow everything down. Listen, the Clippers are kicking themselves. This was a game they could have won very easily. And let me just say, it, it was wire to wire a Suns win. But I'll tell you right now, Dave, if the Clippers just took over the lead at any point when it was 70-71, to 71, the crowd was right behind them, I was convinced they would have won the game if they just took over the lead at that point. They couldn't climb over the mountain, though. In particular, with the way that Booker has been struggling shooting uh, since his broken nose. I mean, he was like, uh, what are you shooting this game? God, I had the stats up. Man, my bad, Jade. I got it. Uh, he shot eight for 22. There you go. I mean, in this game, he shoots eight of 22 from the field. So he, he really wasn't feeling. He had to ditch the mask at one point, obviously bothering him. And you're right, man, I mean, because he's only going to get healthier and more comfortable for the next game, you know, so I start looking at this. I'm thinking, well, Booker's not going to be this bad again. He's now been pretty bad three games in a row. They can't expect a fourth game out of him. They, he, they really needed to win this game. And I, I think that that's probably the series, Mo. Yeah, no, I mean, going up 3-1, I think is, is they, they should feel pretty confident where they're at and how well they're playing. And, you know, one thing we got to give credit to, and I know everybody calls it like a fake defense and all that stuff. But Patrick Beverly's done a great job on him defensively. We can argue legalities and, and what's called and what's not called, but he's there and he's and, and and he's had some clean blocks on him, some clean strips on him and things like that. He's he's definitely bothered Booker in this series. It's just, you know, the Clippers offensively haven't been able to keep up. Game five is gonna be uh Monday night, Mo, and uh it's in Phoenix. I don't know. Feels like it might be a wrap. Suns in four. I mean, five, five, five. <laughs> All right, Mo. We've also got some news from the weekend. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks have uh, filled their GM and head coaching positions that were uh, vacated, of course, in the last uh, couple weeks. They've hired Nico Harrison, a former executive at Nike. He's going to take over their the GM job there in Dallas. And they've hired former Nets and Bucks head coach Jason Kidd to be their new head coach. Um, Jason Kidd, not the greatest head coach, uh, at least if we're looking at record, Mo. Uh, how do you feel about a former NBA point guard teaching Luka Doncic how to do it in the NBA? Here's my thing, you know, because everybody says, like, he's going to teach Luka how to be a point. What does Luka need to learn now at this point? Like, it's not 
I mean, the dude was up for an MVP in his second year of the season. I think he's fine as a point guard. It's not so much the mentoring. Um, it's going to be a big thing for the Mavs putting the right pieces around him and putting him in an offensive system and defensive system that makes sense. So that's going to be the big thing. And we'll, we'll just have to see if Jason Kidd learned anything from his stint in L.A. as an assistant. Yeah, and uh, the Portland Trailblazers have hired Chauncey Billups, who's been an assistant this past season with the Clippers, uh, as their new head coach. So he's going to take over up there for Terry Stotts. And from ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, Jazz Executive Vice President Dennis Lindsay is going to be transitioning into an advisory role with the team. Uh, GM Justin Zanuck is going to continue to run the day-to-day operations there. And Mo, look, you got a new owner and, and you know maybe – you just want to get a new a new set of eyes on a problem uh, or I don't know if Utah actually has a problem or not, but at least a new set of eyes to look at that roster. Um, how do you feel about Utah heading into the offseason? What do they need to look at? I mean, they just need to figure out what they're going to do. In it, they're they're kind of locked in with Mitchell and Gobert. They got to figure out the pieces around them and what what they want to build as a team and how they want to go at things. I mean, look, we saw what it's looked like the past few years. They really only have one offensive style, and when that style doesn't work, what's Plan B? And we've also seen that apparently they have only one defensive style, and when that, that's working, where's Plan B? Like I think that's kind of the thing. The, the Jazz got to figure out and they got to figure out what are the pieces to put around them so that they can have more than just one plan. Well, that's going to do it for today's show, folks. Don't forget about all the pods we've got over at The Athletic. If you haven't already subscribed, go to theathletic.com slash daily ding and sign up now. Thank you guys for waking up with us. Mo, take it away. Ding, ding. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.